You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. In this podcast, we're diving into our new Bible study, the Find series, which is for individuals needing definition. Pastor Aaron Caton dives into the life of Jesus Christ and looks at habits in his life. We're going to learn how to use these same habits in our day-to-day life to define who we are in Him. Well, I'm thankful to have everybody here tonight. I know the road conditions may have not been the best for everybody, so thank you for coming out. Uh, Week two of the Fine Series for Individuals Needing Definition. And what I'm trying to do is give you a clear and distinct definition of Jesus and how he had uh, habits and how that we may apply them to our own lives. Last week we learned about community and Jesus loves community. And this week, I need you to have an open mind and an open heart as we study scripture. The disciples left everything behind and straightway followed Jesus. They trusted the teacher. Trust the teacher, watch and learn. Listen, we're trying to create these new habits. We all started that New Year's resolution in something. And that's what we're trying to do in this Bible study is to try to get you started this year in the right path, amen? So why do we study scripture? Why is it important? We're going to learn tonight that, that Jesus used scripture, that he taught scripture, and that he applied it to his life. And why is it important to study scripture? Because the scriptures hold the mysteries of God. It holds the why. It holds that God is for us and not against us. It tells us who we are in God. Amen? Listen, kids learn by watching their parents, and they, they all want to be like their parents one way or another. And, and we have little Rush Perrine, and we think of Adam playing on the keyboard all the time. And, and, and Rush has this desire to play music. And, and whether or not Adam taught him or whether his uncle Andrew taught him, but he's standing up here beating away with the little drummer boy. Amen? He learned. He trusted his teacher, whoever that was. During Christmas, we had Carrie and the two girls singing away. Ruby yawning some, but she was still, she trusted the teacher, right? She trusted Carrie, that Carrie was going to help her to sing and do things right. Well, that's what Jesus is trying to do. We had Sadie Jones uh, during Christmas on Facebook. I saw her playing the piano. She's playing this beautiful Christmas carol. She trusted her instructor, whoever it was, and she studied to where she became perfect at it. Listen, we won't become perfect following Jesus. Well, we'll become perfect following Jesus, but it's going to be a little bit tougher than what Jesus had it. Amen? Listen, we're going to study the scripture. In John 1, in verse 1 and verse 14, we learn that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And 14 says, and the word made flesh. And dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father. Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father, was made flesh. He wasn't made spirit. He was made flesh. We see in Luke 2 the birth of Jesus Christ, that he's born of a virgin, that he's raised. We also see in Luke 2 that we see how Jesus grows in his community and how the word of God is important to him. In, in Luke chapter 2, verse, verse 40 And the child grew up and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Listen, if you've confessed Jesus as your Savior, and if you're trying to live a holy life, guess what, child of God? Let me encourage you that you will wax strong in spirit, that you will be filled with wisdom, and you will see the grace of God upon your life. And if you study the word and apply it to your life, this is how that you'll get it is by 
just asking Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to bring you through the word to where you can apply it to your life. The Living Bible translation reads in Psalms 37 and 34, it says, keep traveling steadily along his pathway and in due season, he will honor you with every blessing. Jesus, God Almighty, wants to honor you. As Jesus was following God's commandments and, and doing the will that he had been received, he was starting to receive the blessings. We go on to 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And he was 12 years old, and they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother Mary knew not of it. But they, supposing him to be in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished and at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I sought thee sorrowing. Listen, if that was me, my mother wouldn't ask me such a question. She would have switch in hand and she would have said, boy, the caravan's that way and you better get moving, amen? Mary's a little bit sweeter than my mommy. And he, and he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wish, wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. Jesus is showing us the awareness of how important it is to study the word of God. Listen, the caravan only went about three miles. The first day they didn't travel very far just in case they forgot something in the city. And they came back looking for their son. Took three days to find him. They had no clue that he would be in the temple, but he was about his father's business. He's teaching us the value of the relationship with God the Father. He's teaching us the value of our mission. He had a mission. He was sent from heaven to dwell among us and to become the representation of God here on earth, amen? Listen, at age 12, a Jewish boy became a son of the law, which means he began, he had to begin to observe the requirements of the law. So at age 12, you start learning the Mosaic law from the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. You started learning the law and applying it to your life so that you could be a good representation as an Israelite to other nations. We see, uh, we see that it's important. Listen, the earlier that we learn, the sooner that we apply it to our lives, the firmer our foundation is. Most of us here, we probably grew up in church before we walked away, before we walked into darkness, before we walked into, into drugs, alcohol, adultery, whatever it is. We were raised in church. Some of us may have never walked away at all. And I'm thankful for you being a saint all your life. Me, that wasn't me. I did grow up in church, but I walked away. It's important, though, that the foundation was put inside of me and established. Listen, we have a great kids' church. We have an outstanding youth facility that's going on right now, 6 p.m. A lot of your kids that, that are youth, they need to be in that facility right now with Pastor Micah and, and his helpers. They need to be there so they're their foundation. They're going through things that they may not discuss with you, but we got small groups there that they're able to talk and minister among themselves with that person or with, the, with a group around them, amen? 
We got to get our children in church so that they can grow. Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Ghost descends upon him. A voice from heaven is heard saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In Luke 4, 1 through 4, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made, that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It is written. Where is it written at? Have you ever thought about it? He said, it is written. It's written in Deuteronomy 8 and 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Neither did their fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Jesus is quoting scripture that he learned, that he studied. He's in a battle with the adversary of the devil and he's using God's word to defend himself. Amen? Listen, God was teaching Israel at that time that man doesn't live by bread alone. They were, that's all they were concerned about was the material food and God, God was trying to show the Israelites, you need more than that. You need spiritual enlightenment and that's what Jesus is trying to tell us right there. Look, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God, amen? Continue in Luke 4, verses seven and eight. Satan again says, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, get behind me, Satan. I believe, I believe that Jesus may have read Joshua 1 and 7. Only be thou strong and courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from the right or left, that thou may prosper whithersoever thou goest. He's observing the law. He's got some boldness behind him. I love that Jesus is bringing boldness into the church. I love that Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name only. Listen, he's teaching us that we got to find scripture wherever it's at. We gave out many armed and dangerous books. You're armed and dangerous. Whatever you're going through, there's something in there for everything. If you look at the piece of scripture, whatever you're going through, look at the contents and find whatever you're battling. The word Jesus is teaching us, the word is how we deal with our problems. Again, in Luke 4, 10 and 12, Satan talking, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Listen, Lucifer knows the word of God too, and he's twisting it around a little bit. Psalms 91, he's twisting it. And Jesus answering said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. Where is it written? Deuteronomy 6 and 16. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Listen, there is no survival for your soul without God's word daily in your life. There's not a matter, this is not a matter of legal duty. This doesn't 
cancel your salvation. This is your personal relationship with God. And you need to want it. You need to want to study it. You need to want to read it. You need to want to listen if you don't like to read. Turn on your Bible app and get the word into you so that you can hear God talking to you. Amen. Why? Because we have a love for God. Because he had a love for us. Matthew 6, 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. John 6 and 35, it says, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that come to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. It's a necessity. We need the word. Jesus is teaching us that we need the word and that we need to apply the word to our life. In John 14 and 6, he says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I love when Jesus says, I am. It reminds me of God talking to Moses. In the Exodus 3 and 14, and God, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. God the Father sent God the Son, the I am under Israel. And they were blinded, much like the world is blinded today. But make no mistake, there's only one way to the Father. Eternal life is only promised through Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is the way to the Father. He's the truth about God, and he's the very life of God. Let's look at another scripture. In Luke 4 and 18 and, and, and 19, Jesus reads a prophet's scroll. He opens it up in a synagogue, and he starts to read. It was Isaiah, the prophet's scroll, and the prophecy was about the Messiah, about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen, if you don't study scripture, you're sitting there thinking, wow, that's great. But there was more to that prophecy about the Messiah. Jesus only read Isaiah 61, verse one and part of two. But we see in verse two of 61, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to, com to comfort all that mourn. In verse 3 and 61, it says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for spirit of heaviness, and that they be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Jesus was boldly making a claim that he was the promised Messiah. Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the God who saves. We learn that Jesus was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, the mind, the soul, and the spirit. We see that Jesus was anointed to heal the blind in body, soul, and spirit, and to, heal, and to bring those out of darkness. Has he brought anybody out of darkness in, in here tonight? He's anointed to heal the bruised, the completely crushed and shattered in life the oppressed and the broken. I was all those things. He was anointed to heal me, to heal my life. He was anointed to heal your life. Whatever you're going through, God has been anointed to take care of you, to preach the year of Jubilee. That's where liberty was proclaimed to all the people of the day of atonement. Beauty for ashes. Listen, he wants to give you beauty for ashes. He wants to take and put a crown up on your head. If you're a young lady, he wants to put a tear, tear up on your head that you would be covered in your mourning, 
Listen, he wants to know that he wants you to know that you're valuable, that you hold value. He wants to crown you with with goodness and, and mercy, the oil of joy for mourning, joy and happiness and gladness instead of grief. He wants you to walk knowing that it's okay. Listen, we do things wrong compared to what the Bible says. When we lay somebody to rest, we're supposed to rejoice. When we have birth, we're supposed to mourn. But we do it all wrong. We grow, we grow and we have a great big party. We just had a baby. Let's celebrate. But when this person passes away, man, I don't know what. We're being selfish. They're going to heaven if they know Jesus Christ. We should rejoice. We should celebrate that they don't just, they, they didn't just live here, but now they're living as a saint in heaven celebrating with Jesus. All of, all of heaven celebrates when a saint walks through the gates. Amen. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A garment expressing praise and gratitude instead of mourning or heaviness. Listen, when you're going through a trial of heaviness, when you're going through a situation, when Nina was going through a situation, she told me, listen, when she started radiation, she said, I'm going through the fire, but I won't get burnt. That's exactly what she said to me. She had a garment of praise on in those words. She put a garment of praise wrapped around her saying, I walk with God. And whenever you're walking through something, you got to put on that garment because whenever you put on the garment of praise, you start getting this thankfulness, this spirit of thankfulness starts running through your body and you start forgetting about the heaviness and you start thanking God about having the breath of life and the heartbeat today. The spouse around you, the children that you have, whatever's going on that's great in your life, you start getting this, this garment of praise on and you just can't stop. Amen? Listen, so that we might be called trees of righteousness, strong roots entrenched in God's word, always flourishing, always bearing fruit so that we may glorify with God. Jesus made a bold statement that he was anointed of God and he lived a life so that we could live a life and that we could receive the promise. Listen, all of our hope is in Jesus. Heaven is our home. We can endure here and we have to endure. There's going to be times of suffering. There's going to be times of sorrow, but we have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God Almighty inside of us so that we can endure through all things because all things are possible with Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's look at how Jesus preached. Let's look how he taught the word. In Matthew 5, we learn that he preached the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sakes. Blessed are you when men shall revile you. You're blessed. You're blessed. Jesus Christ is saying that you're blessed. We've all walked through something of that nature. You're blessed. Don't look at it as woe is me. Look at it as I'm blessed. Jesus is saying, you're blessed in your circumstances. You're blessed in your situations. Whether it's good or bad, you're blessed. Jesus is teaching you that you're blessed. Apply it to your life. I'm blessed. Just get up in the morning and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed by God. Even if you don't feel like it. Even Earl, when your knee is just killing you. Say, I'm blessed by God. I am blessed by God. I got strength to stand on two legs. I got two legs. I'm blessed by God. Amen? Amen. Matthew 5 and 13, he says, he says, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Listen, it's good for nothing. If you lost your, fla if you lost your flavor, flavor, it's good for nothing. So guard your savoring flavor. 
It's the grace of God. Guard your integrity. Be the spice in people's life. Show the love of Christ to them. Amen? Jesus taught us in, in Luke 6, 27 and 28, the laws of love. He says in 27, but I say unto you which hear, are you hearing tonight? Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully curse you. It's easy to love those that love you. It's easy to love those that agree with you. But he says in 5 and 16 of Matthew, he says, but let your light so shine before all men. Love others as God has loved you. Amen. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. To seek, it means that we're hunting, that we're eagerly, earnestly hunting for God's kingdom, for his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. Think about it. Every time that you've lost your keys, how crazy and how fanatic you get about it. Where's my keys? Honey, where's my keys? You turn over every couch cushion. You go back to the kitchen. You look through every drawer. You look everywhere that you laid them. Why? Because you're hunting for something that's valuable to you. You're hunting for something that you need for the day. God Almighty saying, hunt for my kingdom the same way that you hunt for your, for your keys for your car because you're trying to get somewhere and I want to be there with you. So seek my kingdom and all things will be added unto you if you seek my kingdom. Amen. John 3 and 17, he teaches us, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus said, I don't condone the sin that you're in, and I want you to get out of it. Sin no more. Repent. He says, believe in me and walk doing right till I return. Matthew 9, 16 and 17, no man putteth a piece of new cloth into an old garment. For that which is put into it, filleth it up, taketh from the garment, and rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the new wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they, but they put new wine in new bottles, and are both preserved. Jesus is saying, cut loose your old lifestyle. You don't need it anymore. You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Walk with me in righteousness. There's a new creation in you. There's a new gift in you. It's called the Holy Spirit, the helper and the comforter that's going to help you through your day. There's a new life. There's a new freedom. God wants us to show the world that he lives in us. We talked last week that the church too much doesn't look like the church that it's supposed to. That we look too much like the world. Listen, we want to draw people in. So let's be the church in this world. Amen. Jesus taught us the misuse of our tongue in Matthew 12 and 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. This shows us how important our words are. We understand that we'll receive a reward or be condemned for it. We understand that, that there's life and death in the, in the tongue. We understand that there's blessings and cursings. Listen, in many days we speak it over ourselves. Whenever we talk about things that hurt, when we don't, listen, there's many, and bringing your youth, bringing your youth to the youth class is very important. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a young man right now in all of his life. He's been told that he's stupid. He's 23 years old. All I'm doing is loving on him, trying to tell him the facts of life, trying to get him to where he needs to go, to try to get him to understand that he's not stupid. He said, you're the first person that's ever told me that I'm smart. 
Can you imagine that? Being 23 and nobody's ever paid you a compliment in a manner that you're smart. Our words crush our children. Our words can crush our neighbors. Our words can crush our friends. He's telling us, he's teaching us how to use our tongue and to hold it. Amen. Jesus taught us faith in Matthew 17, 20 and 21. And Jesus said unto them, talking to his disciples, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth out, but by prayer and fasting. Faith and doubt, they don't mix. You can't have it. You can't serve two masters. You gotta have faith in God or you can't trust him at all. You have faith whenever you confess Jesus as your savior. Why? Why doubt him now? Continue to go to him in every problem, every situation. He's saying, come unto me. Have faith in the things that you're going through and I'll take care of it, amen? Keep your confidence in God. Have absolute dependence upon the word. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the storm is. He teaches in John 15, Jesus teaches us that there's only one way through this word, through this world, and that is abiding in the vine. Your love, your joy, your peace, your prosperity, your power and authority, it comes through abiding in the vine. That's God seeking the kingdom of heaven first, coming to the Father first thing. Think about it. Your children. Everybody had children once in their life. Remember those Saturday mornings? I, was, I had to work all the time, so I had Saturday mornings off. But I remember those two getting up. And you could hear their little feet just running down the hall. And they climbed into bed with you. And you had that love and that joy and that peace. They came running to the father. They came running to the mother. Why? Because they were seeking they were seeking their protection. They were seeking their love. They knew where their joy came from. There was laughter in the room. They knew that their belly would get full in about 30 minutes after we got out of bed, right? That's what God's saying, abide in the vine. That's where it all comes from, is run to the Father. Put yourself back in those little kids' shoes. Run to the Father every morning. Ask him, feed me today. What do you have for me? What do you have for me, God? Listen, when we met Jesus, we became new creatures. And every day we should enjoy our first love. In Luke 24 and 32, it says, and they said one to another, did, our, did not, um, let's try that again. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened us up to the scriptures. Jesus opened the scriptures to Cleopas and his friend to find out what the prophets had spoken about him. I want to share with you tonight some scriptures about what the word says about you. In Ephesians 2 and 5, it says that I'm alive with Christ. Listen, I am alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together in Christ. By grace, you are saved. When I was dead in sin, he knew no sin, but he paid the price for me on the cross, just as he did for you just as he did for everybody in this world to give them an option. Listen, the word says that we were dead in sins, but he's brought us forth through Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm free from the law of sin and death. In Romans 8 and 2, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free 
from the law of sin and death. The spirit of life is in Christ Jesus. Your life is in Christ Jesus. If you get up every morning and you ask him to come into your heart and into your day, your life is going to be filled with Christ Jesus. You're, you're free from the law of sin and death. I'm far from oppression and fear does not come, come near me. In Isaiah 54 and 14, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Your walk matters. Your righteousness matters because you're established that thou shall be far from oppression for thou shalt not fear and from terror for it will not come near you. I am far from oppression and fear does not come near me. It's what the word of God says. I'm born of God and the evil one does not touch me. First John 5 and 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. The day that you confess Jesus as your heart, he's saying sin no more. But he's that begotten of, begotten of God keepeth himself. Meaning that you're going to keep yourself in righteousness. And that the wicked one touches you not. Even when you're being touched. Even when you think that you're being distracted by the adversary. Focus on Jesus Christ. For he is the life. I am holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He's called us. He's chosen each and every one of us before the foundation of the world. Think about that. He knew you. He knew exactly who you were. He knew exactly what your day was going to have. But he said, that you would be holy and without blame before him in love. He's just looking for your righteousness to come out of you in this world. I'm God's child, for I'm born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. First Peter 1 and 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You're a child of God, born again, of the incorruptible seed of God, which is the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Apply it to your life. I'm God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works. Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. He ordained our path that we wouldn't fall left or right of it, but we would go straight down the narrow path. For straight is the way, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leadeth to life and few find it. I am his workmanship. Second Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, I'm a new creation in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you're holding baggage from your past, give it to God. He says, you're, you're a new creation in Christ. You don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. And you might have shame in your closet. You might have things, skeletons in your closet that you're afraid. Give it to God. He says, old things are passed away. There's a new freedom. There's a new life in Jesus Christ. He says in James 1, and 25, he says, I'm a doer of the word. And blessed in my actions. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, 
This man shall be blessed in his deed. I'm a doer of the word and blessed in my actions. Tori has been blessing some friends who've, who've been COVID, who's been on restriction, quarantine. And she's been taking a few of her friends' food and, and whatever they like. This week she went to wash her car and she stuck a $10 bill to get change. $20 worth of quarters. Ching, 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 came falling out. She was blessed. She was blessed by God. Whether it was a mistake, who knows, but I think it was a blessing from God. She went from the car wash to sheets. She went in to pay because she doesn't have a credit card yet. She went in to pay to get $10 worth of gas. And the guy behind her said, honey, I got that for you. Why? She's blessed in her actions. She's not just a hearer of the word of God, but she's applied it to her life where she's a doer of the word. And when she's blessing others, God in return starts blessing her. We got to apply that to our life all the time. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Romans 8 and 17. I'm a joint heir with Christ. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified together. Listen, think about it. Think about your heritage, your inheritance that, that your family's left you. Mine, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful my mom is healthy. Amen. But listen, I'm a joint heir with Christ. He sits at the right hand of the Father, along with the 12 tribes, along with the 12 disciples. Maybe my chair is billions and billions of miles away, but I'm an heir to the kingdom of heaven. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Means the same things that he operated with, the same love, the same compassion, the same power. We're joint heirs. We have those things. He says, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me in Romans 8 and 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. You say, how am I, how am I more than a conqueror? In Romans 12 and 11, it says, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Listen, we're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. Why? Because he died on a cross so that we could have, have life. His blood was shed that we may have life. He broke the, the curse of the law so that we could live a life in grace and mercy and have goodness. And mercy follows all of our days. Listen, they love not their lives unto death. We as a church need to realize that we need to not love our lives unto death. And what I'm trying to say is you have a testimony and God puts people around you. That shame and those skeletons that you got in the closet that you're afraid to share every now and then. God wants you to rattle that thing. He's calling you because you've done something or you've experienced something in life that if you share your testimony, that same blood is gonna run down their veins and they're gonna have some freedom Think about the Old Testament where the blood was covered the doorframe and the death angel passed over. That same freedom can happen to other people if you'll share your testimony of what God's brought you out of. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. 2 Peter 1 and 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in that is in the, the world through lust. Listen, 
He brought us out of lust of the world. He brought us out of greed for money. He's opened up our heart to the Holy Spirit. Listen, all these, all these scriptures keep talking the same thing, that we're loved, that we're the righteousness, that we have a divine, that we have a divine nature, that we're partakers, that we're heirs of Christ. He says, I'm an ambassador for Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray in Christ's deed, be ye reconciled to God. Listen, if, you're, if your relationship with God is not as strong as it needs to be, I encourage you to make it right with God. If you've walked away in any manner, make it right with God tonight before you leave. Repent of your sins. Listen, he says that you're an ambassador. And when an ambassador goes to another nation, they have, they have the responsibility, they have the authority to share what the United States is going on, what's going on in the United States. You have the responsibility. You're an ambassador at your work. You're an ambassador with your family. You're an ambassador with your children. You have the responsibility to share the good news of the gospel with all those that you come in contact with. Amen? I'm part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. We're a purchased people by Christ Jesus. You're a chosen generation, a royal priest, a holy nation in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He purchased you. He knew. Think about it. Such a time as this, that you've studied the word of God, that you are where you are. You're the chosen generation of this age, of this day. Everything that's going on, the world's crumbling around you. We all see it. We all hear it on CNN, Fox. It's everywhere. But you're a chosen generation for the kingdom of God to sow good seeds into other people right now. Your children, we all worry about them. We all have fear about them. But they're the chosen generation for the next generation. Your grandkids are the, are the next generation. God has chosen them and ordained them and brought them into his marvelous light so that he could show forth his marvelous light through us. Amen. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For we, for he has made us, he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He paid it all so that we could be the righteousness of God. He says in 5 and 14, I'm the light of the world. You are the light of the world, a city that cannot be, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He says in Colossians 3 and 12, I am his elect, full of mercy, kindness, humility, and long-suffering. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. He wants us to walk in humility. He wants us to walk holy in love for other people. He says in Ephesians 1 and 7 that we are forgiven of his sins and that we're washed in the blood in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his glory. Listen, I am redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty. In Galatians 3 and 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Listen, he took it all, redeemed us from sin. Redeemed us from sickness and poverty. He called us to be the voice of his praise in Psalm 66 and 8. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Everywhere you go, you should be the voice of his praise. You should bring a song in your heart. Jesus, 
brought a song into his heart. Listen, Isaiah 53 and 5, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Listen, in closing tonight, we walked with Jesus through Scripture. We learned how Jesus studied with community. We watched how Jesus applied the word to his life when he was tempted by the devil. We too have to grow in our faith to know the word of God. Those scriptures that I read, it's just something that I speak over myself every day because I want God inside of me more and more. We listen to Jesus speak the word over himself. By his stripes, I'm healed. He spoke Isaiah 61 over himself. We heard what the scripture says about us. Now I encourage you to apply the word to your life and walk in those unforced rhythms of grace. I want to read something out of my devotional. It says, people often have one of three reactions to the message of the gospel. First, some people will deny the gospel is true. They laugh and scoff. Pride may prompt this scorn. Others fear what people will think so they don't give credit to God's truth. Second, some people delay. They say, I'll think about it and maybe make a commitment to follow Jesus at some other time. But it's dangerous to delay making a decision because you never, you never know when you'll hear the gospel again. Third, some people will make a decision for Christ even though they know that being a believer may place them in the minority. In John 15 and 18, he said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. He's saying, listen, I brought you out of the old life. You might lose those old friends. You might lose those old habits, but I'm trying to shape in you and sharpen you in the word to where you'll apply new habits and get a new community and you'll walk with Christ as Christ walks with us. Amen? If you will, bow your heads. If there's any here tonight that doesn't know Jesus, I'll read that again. Some people delay. They say, I'll, never, I'll think about it and maybe make a commitment to follow Jesus some other time. But it's dangerous to delay making a decision for Christ because you may never have that opportunity again. You may never hear the gospel. Is there anybody here tonight that's never accepted Jesus Christ in your life? Are all hearts and minds clear? I pray that this has helped you. Walking with Jesus in community. Walking with Jesus in the word as he was, as he was training himself up. As he taught the word and as the word taught us tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for your word and the power that your word brings. Father, I pray that you'd help us to apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray that we would seek your kingdom earnestly every day and ask you to feed us. Lord, I pray that our hearts and our ears would be open to your voice, to your spirit, so we would know calling on our day. But Father, I pray that we would be readily and steadily available 
when you tug at our heart to go somewhere, that we'll go and we'll apply your word to those situations that you put us in. God, we bless you and we love you and we praise you for all things in the name of Jesus and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 